Welcome to These Hallelujahs, where we are slowing down to reflect on personal journeys transformed by a Savior. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast for these hallelujahs. Uh, we're excited for um, our second podcast in season two, sitting down with our second story uh, from this season. And so if you've read the story already, you know that we are here with Celeste uh, Peterson. I almost said Bolfa. I'm going to probably do that for a long time, Celeste. So sorry. She just got married and her last name is now Peterson. Um, so Celeste, you want to take just a second, kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm Celeste. Um, man, yeah. I mean, I just got married. I feel like all the good stuff just got said. I'm finishing <laughs> up my degree this semester, so I'll be done here next week. So I'm excited about yeah. that. And yeah, just living here in Detroit right now just felt called to ministry um, and to just serve alongside the church here um, that I just got to taste the last couple of years, but now I get to walk alongside them. So yeah, that's what I'm doing in life right now. That's super Love cool. It. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, Celeste, I think it'd be good uh, just for the people maybe who didn't read your story. Uh, so if you could just kind of start by giving just a little bit of an overview, and then uh, throughout uh, your story, Jane and I will kind of pop in and out, ask some questions, uh, just have some organic conversation, do things like that. So, uh, like I said, you can cool. start wherever you want. Sweet. Yeah. So my story, I wrote about um, just a fatherly love. And I feel like this is an ongoing testimony that I have. And I think I will until the Lord calls me home. Um, And I feel like, especially walking into this new season of marriage, I've struggled with it more than I have in the past um, of just what a fatherly love looks like. Um, So when I was younger, like my dad, abandoned my family and I, and um, I really struggled with losing this male father figure that I admired so dearly, and he just randomly left, and ever since then, I felt like there was this heart, like this hole in my heart that just um, was empty, and I could physically feel it when I got older, um, that I needed something to fill it, and then I talked about how in high school, that is when I started to put everything together, where I was like, oh man, like my dad's not in my life. This is how I actually feel, but I don't know how to contain these feelings. So that's when I really started to struggle with um, a lot of mental illness and just my identity in relationships. And then it wasn't until I got to college and I encountered people who loved Jesus so much. And it was so noticeable in the way they walked in and the way they loved me. And I could say like, I was really, really hard to love. Uh, and I just can't imagine just the relationship that I had, like starting off with my friend who pursued me and just wanted me to know Jesus so badly. And now that I look back at it, I like commend her for that because wow, like I was struggling with a lot. And then it wasn't until um, a few months into college where I encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time. And it, was, it wasn't until then where I was so overwhelmed that I knew I needed Jesus in my life because that was the first time I heard the gospel. 
I like I never heard about Jesus dying on the cross for me that like nobody's ever told me that like I've heard people like Jesus loves you and I remember you know at such a young age like I had people trying to tell me about Jesus and I'd be like no don't tell me about your God I want nothing to do with the gospel and it wasn't until like God literally came and just wrecked my heart and was like no like you need me and like I can be your father like your earthly father left you but I can be a father that you've never experienced before um so yeah that's just like what I just talked about and briefly like what that looks like just walking um with the Lord now and what just trying to figure out how to still allow the Lord to love me in a fatherly way um because I feel like that's something I'm learning every single day so yeah yeah no, I think it's awesome yeah it's so good um it was sweet to read and obviously it's sweet to sit here and talk with you about it um so you know you talked about high school and how uh, that was kind of a point which probably comes with some maturity i'm just gonna assume in a sense where you said you physically could feel um just the the hole in your heart and what that really felt like and uh, you also got to a point where you could really kind of start putting pieces together uh and figuring it out just the process of your dad leaving and why he did um, and so could you just talk more about that process and maybe specific moment or just what really happened and how you really felt and how you navigated that that whole situation yeah I feel like it just clicked one day as silly as that sounds um, I like just the memory that keeps popping up was like the day that I found like um, the certificate of divorce like with my parents and it was just in that moment where like all of my emotions and just my memories that I've blocked out for years just came rushing in and I, it was in that moment where I was like this makes all like everything that's happened over the course of like those 14 15 years of my life like just made complete sense where I was like oh my parents are divorced like but then it was also in that moment too where like this door opened of allowing the enemy to feed lies into me. Mm. So I get such a young age, like believing in those lies immediately. Like you're not loved. It's all your fault. You should have done better. You are not as good as of a daughter as you thought you were. And so I feel like those were a lot of the emotions that I was feeling, which like just being very angry and bitter, um, and I just could not figure out how to contain those emotions and that, like my anger towards my father, like went and like, I don't know, in a way, like it just spread to the rest of my family. And I was so angry at all of them because I feel like we all could have done something to stop my dad from leaving. But I knew there wasn't, like there wasn't anything else that we could do. And that was that, and that was the decision that was made. And so I feel like I was trying to figure out the answer of like, why? But I, I knew in that moment, I there was gonna be no answer for me. And I don't think I want to know the answer still. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of like what it looked like in high school um, of just like putting it all together. of just like, I feel like it just clicked one day. And then ever since then it was just, why 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 and then not having answers and still walking with no answers i don't know if that answered your question but <laughs> <laughs> no totally no, i think you, i think you're right i think um 
that age, regardless of what you're going through, is a huge time of navigation and figuring mm-hmm. out uh, who you are, right? I think mm-hmm. with the awkward topic of puberty and what that <laughs> looks like, but it's also, uh, yeah, just an interesting time and um, going through what you went through, I imagine. Uh, do you have do you have younger siblings or older siblings? Where do you where do you fall on that uh, ladder? Yeah, so I have an older brother. He's two years older than me, and then there's me, and then my younger brother, who's a year younger, and then my youngest sister, who's three years. So we were all super close in age growing up. Um, yeah, but we uh, we all struggled with our dad leaving, like all of us have different experiences with it. Sure. Which is so crazy, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. still something that you guys shared, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, with you being so close in age, I think that's almost a blessing in a sense. You know, I mean, it's a benefit to go through something like that together. Um, and mm-hmm. you can, you're able to relate to one another. Um, you're able to be there for one another, uh, but also understand one another. I think, I don't know, I'm the youngest and by like nine years and so, if it would have happened to me, I think it would be hard for my brothers in particular to console me and help me understand things since I was nine years removed. I mean, my brother graduated high school and I was a first grader. And so like, <laughs> I barely knew what he was doing, you know what I mean? So um, I think that's almost a benefit uh, of what happened, even though it was something that really, really tough. So do you wanna go? You got, I got another question. I got okay, a question go about, it. yeah, I got a, I guess my questions kind of go in line. Um, so thinking about when you came to college, and I think uh, it's, it's kind of a theme that we've discussed so far with people. I don't know if we'll continue to, but uh, just with uh, the last story that Jordan shared about identity. But um, coming to college, I think, is a unique opportunity to make a fresh start, um, especially if you come from a place where maybe no one else from your school is attending or the university that you are going to. Uh, so you can really kind of recreate in a, in a way who you want to be. Um, so you talked about building trust with, with new people and uh, just the love that you saw and how they lived and who they were and how they loved you. Um, how, did, how did you go about building that trust and was it related to that idea of a fresh start, um, that sort of thing? Right. So coming into college, I had a lot of friends like going to that same exact college and so we were friends for the first few weeks but like we all knew we were going to disperse sooner or later when we found like our group and it wasn't until I found Chi Alpha which is the college ministry up in Fairbanks and at first I was like oh man like a new group of people like I don't want that but then I was also like oh like they're all weird. I don't want to be friends with any of them. <laughs> like, this is when I also thought I was like super cool. Like, I wanted specific friends. Um, but in the back, like, I remember before I left for college, um, one of my friends like was sitting with me, and she's just like, "Celeste, like, the one thing I would recommend for you to do, like, in college, is like go find a campus ministry." And I'm like, what is that? I'm like, I've never heard the word like campus ministry before, like let alone ministry. (laughs) So I just remember like right before I moved up to Fairbanks, I was like, God, if you're actually out there and if you're real, like put somebody in my life who's gonna change it, whether I like it or not. And so when I moved up there, the very first person, I was the very first person that like showed up to school, like to move in. And I met this girl, um, her name's 
Alicia and I like it was just so God ordained because like she like followed me around through checking and all that she like got all the way up to my room and I was like thinking like in the back of my head like oh my gosh I can't escape this girl like she knows where I live she's getting my <laughs> number like just very strategic in the way she was pursuing me um and I didn't know at the time but like now that I'm like I've done ministry I'm like oh that's super smart but um <laughs> Yeah, and just the way she pursued me and was so consistent. I think that was the biggest thing that I noticed like within our friendship, especially in the first year of me like following Jesus and like still like, I remember when I started showing up to her small group, I was the only person that was showing up. And I remember I did not like her. Like I, <laughs> because she called me out because I was telling her like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. like very much not a Christian but I was claiming to be one and she was straight up like no you're not a Christian and I just like glared at her and I was just like oh my gosh the, the audacity <laughs> of this woman like, <laughs> to tell me I'm not a Christian but I I needed that I needed somebody to call me out in such a loving way that wasn't demeaning like it has been in the past and um but she called me out in a way that I needed to be called out and instead of just calling me out and then leaving me in the in the dust, she like walked alongside me and showed me what it looked like to be a Christian, how to live it out. And like she was so consistent in the way she spoke lovingly towards me, hmm. picking me up from school and like bringing me to her house and having small group with her every single week and reading the Bible, like teaching me how to do that. Like it was the consistency that helped me build trust with her first. Like, and I was super clingy towards her because I really, I still struggled like a lot with like what it looked like to trust people, but she did such a beautiful job in introducing people into my life and then allowing them into parts of my life where I was vulnerable enough to like let them know just enough about me, about me, yeah. But yeah, I feel like it was very, very gradual and people had to walk on eggshells around me because although like I was learning how to build trust I struggled a lot with like short temper and just exploding at random moments because like I said I didn't know how to control my emotions and still at like first couple years of college I didn't know how to do that but she was very loving in the way um, she pursued me yeah that's so cool and it's, I think it's awesome. I think um, this is about you, so I don't want to share too much about me, but uh, I was a product of consistency and persistence too. Um, I, had a, I had a friend my freshman year that I wasn't overly involved in ministry and I consider myself a Christian, but like his name was Mitch. And if Mitch didn't keep knocking on my door, I don't know if I'd sit here right now, to be honest. <laughs> and it's awesome just to see um, the obedience of people like Alicia um, and to God in her life and how, I mean, that brings you to a place where uh, you're in Detroit serving in ministry and you never thought you might even be there. You know what I mean? So it's so cool to see that. And it's just to Alicia, she probably thinks it's minuscule and simple. And she's like, that's just mm -hmm. who I am. That's what I'm going to do. But like the impact that it has on the kingdom and it has specifically on your life is so, so cool. So, yeah, it's awesome. So good. I'm good. I don't, have any more, I don't have any more questions. So. <laughs> All right, I got a couple. Um, so you talked a little bit, or not a little bit, but the, the main 
um, kind of thing of your story was of um, learning to see God as like that father figure um, and, and coming to know what that um, means and what that looks like. Um, do you want to share at all about how maybe you continue um, to pursue that relationship with God to see him that way? Um, and just, yeah, just share a little bit about that and how that continues to be part of your life now. Yeah, I think just going back to like, when my dad left me, I felt like I could, there was more that I could do or I could have been, it was just very like, I had such a work, like just a very work-minded view on trying to get my dad back that I was like, oh, if I did this better, if I did that. And my whole life, it's been so performance-driven to feel like I could get noticed by like my parents. and so that was something I really struggled a lot with, with God. And I still do till, like till this day. Um, but even just what it looks like to allow God to just sit as like my heavenly father and knowing like that he's going to, like, he's the best father that I could ever ask for. Um, it was so hard for me. I feel like he was the one that I had the hardest time allowing in. I feel like I allowed people in easier than I would allow God in Mm -hmm. Um, because in the back of my head, I knew there was so much power that he could do within my heart and the transformation he could do, but I wanted to limit him in that area because I didn't want to leave the pain that I felt for so long because that was something I was so comfortable in Mm -hmm. and something that I was so used to that the idea of allowing someone who's so much more powerful and in control than I am take over and change me was something that I didn't desire and something I didn't want Um, and so I feel like for the longest time that's why I restrained like from the Lord and like tried to keep up these walls and not letting him in Um, and man I think it was so my coming into my second year of college I remember I saw my friend like take out her Bible in her backpack and I was like you can bring your Bible anywhere you go <laughs> like I literally had that mindset because I was just like you're supposed to keep your Bible in this one spot you read it at this one spot every single day and I had no clue like you could take your Bible anywhere and you could read it like during this like it was just mind-blowing to me and so when I started to carry my Bible around there was something so like it was in that moment where I started to finally like get into the word. I started mm-hmm. to ask questions about the Bible. Like it took me those two years to finally like show up to small group. And I'm like, I have questions. Like yeah. I was like dead <laughs> silent for two years. And all of a sudden I show up and I'm like, you got to tell me about this Jesus guy. <laughs> um, but it was in that moment where I saw somebody else falling in love with the word. And I like wanted that so badly. And then when I started to fall in love with the word, that's when I started to realize like God is somebody who wants to protect me and not hurt me. Mm -hmm. And he's somebody who's trying, he's trying, he's not going to abandon me. I think that was my biggest fear was that he was going to leave me just like everybody else. And when I saw the way he showed up and then I felt like he like sat me down one day and was just like making me look back at, every single moment of hardships in my life and was just like do you see where I was in this picture do you see where I was in this picture Mm -hmm. and it was something so beautiful and so profound because I was like 
wow, this was so ordained and so beautifully orchestrated by you, Lord, that I realized like, it's okay that my dad left. Because if my dad never left, I would have never moved up to college and I never would have met you. And I was like, mm. I wouldn't have ever like lived this type of life I'm living now if I, if my dad never left. And then it's just like every single day, he's so patient with me and he's so kind to me and very gracious to me, especially those days where I fall short. He's still willing to just pick me up and just cherish me and tell me like how much he loves me in a way that I need to be told. And that's so cool about God. Like he knows me so well. So he knows how to talk to me in ways I need to be talked to. He knows how to reach my heart in ways that I didn't know that I needed to be reached. And so I feel like that's what it looks like now of allowing God. Like it's, I hate using the word allowing, but it's, <laughs> it's so true. Like, I just feel like I'm, it's just this back and forth thing where it's like some days I'm really struggling with trusting God as my father because that's then that's where I start to fall from like my identity of like, oh man, like my identity's this abandoned daughter. When it's like, no, like my identity is like being the daughter of the king who will never leave me nor forsake me. So just having to constantly remind remind myself of that truth yeah. is mm -hmm. something that like I think just steady like just steadies my relationship with the Lord and just just trying not to like fall into the lies like I did in the past and of course I still struggle but yeah nobody's got it all figured out no that's yeah. true that amen. is true <laughs> amen to that um so as you've developed this understanding of of who God is as your heavenly father and even your identity as his chosen and loved and accepted and not abandoned daughter um, has that new um, perspective and identity um, had any implications or any influence in the relationship you have with your earthly father um, whether with him personally or even maybe just internally within yourself with how you feel about him or how you um, think about him at all is there any kind of correlation there mm -hmm. Yeah. So I remember when I came back to that same retreat where I um, accepted Christ into my life, they talked about forgiveness and how like sometimes like with things that are just sometimes like you just have to say I forgive you every single day. Mm -hmm. And that stuck out to me and I started to do that like every single night before I went to bed. I was like, Lord, like, I forgive my dad for what he's done, what the heartbreak that has happened within me, and how I've put my identity in relationships and in who I am and how I perform. Like, Lord, like, help me forgive him the way you have forgiven me and everything that I've done. Mm -hmm. And that was every single day. Mm -hmm. And I felt like for the first, like, three, four months, like, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. But... It was like I didn't start seeing it until like after like a year later where I was just like I felt like slowly God was slow like changing my perspective and the way I viewed my dad and I feel like when I look at it now I like I've forgiven my dad in my heart and I still go through seasons every year it's like it happens around the same time where mm -hmm. I struggle a lot more with my dad leaving. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, I still know like whose I am. But 
Yeah, within my own heart, because I haven't talked to him since I was 16. Mm. But Mm -hmm. within my own heart, like, man, I just, I just want him to know, like, I've forgiven him. And I want him to know, like, I want him to know Jesus the way I do. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel, I can't imagine the weight and the burden he feels of leaving a family and I'm sure there are reasons for it that I don't want to know but I can't imagine the burden and pain he feels of leaving four children behind and the guilt he's feeling and not being able to like relieve that and surrender that to a God who's so powerful and Mm all-knowing like the fact that he has to walk around with it and I'm just assuming this I don't know what's going on in his life but like that breaks my heart knowing that he doesn't give get to live a life of freedom like I do right now. Right. Hmm. And so I think that's where I'm at with my dad is I love him and I want him to know Jesus and I want him to feel like the love of Christ so badly and so dearly. Um, And so I don't feel any resentment towards him because I know what that's like. I know how it feels and I would never want somebody to feel that way. And so it's just like, God has forgiven me, so why can't I forgive my own dad? So, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's, like, I have no words. That's just yeah. so, like, incredible. I was not <laughs> expecting that answer. I honestly had no idea how you were going to, or even where you were at. And so I think that's absolutely just a testimony to, I think, who you are as a person, to just be able to put aside any resentment and the anger and the hatred that you've had even growing up and say i just want my dad to know jesus and i want him to live in freedom like man that's gives me the chills yeah it gives me that's so good (laughs) um cool so maybe one final question unless otis thinks of anything else um but maybe to kind of wrap it up what would be some advice or some encouragement that you would give to maybe someone who's experienced similar things that you have either with family stuff or with um, dealing with mental health or um, just anybody who resonates with your story what would be an encouragement or a final thought or word you would give them i feel like the biggest thing that like that just comes to mind for me is especially to like to those who like are having parents like who are divorced and like struggling with it it's just like to remember like it's not your fault like you have no control of that situation and to know that like God is so powerful and you can't limit him within that situation Yeah, I feel like that's just one of the biggest things that I wish somebody at my, like when I was young, like somebody told me that it wasn't my fault. Like Mm -hmm. it was probably not up until like last year when somebody told me that. And I was like, wow, like (laughs) there was so much freedom in hearing that. And then allowing that to resonate within my own heart of like, okay, it's really not my fault, Lord. Like this is all part of your plan. And I know you're still good and you're still God. And it's like, I, I get to put my trust in my heart within the God who never fails. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the verse that has carried me since I started walking with Jesus is Psalm 34, 18, which is the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. And I remember thinking, especially for those like, you know, like I've heard so many people who like don't walk with Jesus say like, 
God can never love me. I have to like work my way up before like he could love me. And it was that verse that was so powerful to me where I was like, wow, the Lord loves me even though I'm so broken. Like I don't have to reach a certain level of like knowing my Bible or memorizing verses. Like, no, like he loves me exactly where I'm at. And there's so much freedom in knowing that too, where it's just like, man, he loves me exactly where I'm at. So I don't need to reach a certain level. So I don't need to read enough of the Bible for him to like show up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think those are just a couple things that just come to mind. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. Yeah, no, it is. It's awesome. So Celeste, um, one thing that these hallelujahs does is we have a playlist on Spotify and with everybody that we talk to, um, and us included, we always, we add a song every time we have a podcast. So we add a song to the playlist and eventually it's going to be longer. Yeah. Uh, give me faith by elevation worship. Um, that song, I remember I was about to get baptized and like publicly declare my love for the Lord. Um, and that was also in a season where my family didn't accept me wanting to know Jesus. But then there was so much power in knowing like, man, like giving your faith to the Lord and, you know, like, and even in the bridge where it says like Psalm 73, like it says like, I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. And like, it was in that moment where I was just like, yeah, like I'm giving it all to the Lord. Like that's, this is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. So yes, <laughs> that song. Awesome. Love it. It's yeah, a good super song. Cool. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, Celeste, thank you so much um, just for sharing your hallelujah um, for being vulnerable and um yeah just letting us in i think it's so cool uh, just to hear what you had to say and uh, just to hear your story so yeah so you know with adding onto the playlist um i think we can kind of have two ways of going about it one can be just maybe a song that's been really good uh, for you recently or something that relates to um, in this scenario, Celeste's story. So, do one of you want to go first, or y'all want me to go first? I can go first. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the song I ended up choosing was uh, in regards to Celeste's story. I had an, a song in mind, and I changed it in the middle of the interview. So, with the song I'm going to be adding is "Family Photo" by Andy Minio. Um, it talks about how he grew up without a dad and. His, the song is specific to his wedding day and what it looked like for his dad not to be there and how he was anticipating him to still come even as the night is kind of um, finishing. And so um, it's filled with a lot of anger and just real emotions, um, distress, you know, I mean, all those things. And so I just think it kind of relates to what Celeste had talked about. And we could all use a little more hip hop in our life. So <laughs> that's good. You want me to go next? Sure. Cool. So the song I'm going to throw in this uh, month or this time around is um, called Throne Room by Carrie Jo, but just came out. Um, she recorded a live album um, of her album. It's called The Blessing, the album is. But um, so Spotify will have like the kind of normal seven minute long songs, but the YouTube, if you look for it, mm. she just goes off and has some that are like 20 minutes long where she's just, you know, they're just vamping, having a good time. And Throne Room is one of those that where they do that. So it's 20 minutes. It's super good. 
Uh, but I love this song because it just talks about um, just the nature of who God is and the grandeur of what he does. And then, you know, says like, we're, we're aching, we're dying to join in with this, the voices of heaven and declaring the praise of God. And um, just repeats lines like blessing and honor and glory and power belong to you. And then just singing holy over, over and over again. And I'm always down for a good just praise song. Repetition so. is so awesome. I used to hate repetition, but oh. it just gets me really good now. Something about repeating those words and the emphasis that yeah. they take every time you say it is just like, mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll choose a Will Reagan song some week, mm. and he has this old thing, and it's all live, and it's basically just that. It's like just eight songs, and he just repeats the yeah. f- same ten words. It's awesome. <laughs> um, for my song, uh, kind of goes uh, in line with Celeste's story a little bit, too, um, just kind of talking about um, a cons- consistent... Um, pursuit that God has of us and just in his uh, personality or however you want to word that. Um, The song that I chose is Heart Won't Stop by John Mark McMillan and lyric wise um, like the first um, few lines of it is um, go like this. Um, There's no man or a beast, nothing on the land or underneath. Oh, there's nothing that could ever come between the love you have for me. Mm. And so that kind of came to me listening to Celeste talk. Yeah. Um, just kind of talking about, you know, the image of our Heavenly Father and their and His pursuit of us right. and the love that He has for us, that there's literally no person, thing, or place or circumstance that can uh, separate us from Him and, and how He views us and, and that He's still going to love us no matter what. So that, that's been a personal song for me and I just thought it really stuck out to me listening to Celeste talk too as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. Good, good ones. Super good. Well, that wraps up episode two. Be sure if you're listening to leave a review. Ooh, it rhymed. Holla. <laughs> <laughs>